Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again. To come to me, my name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we're so blessed to be able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 p.m. here, and then we repeat the program at 10 p.m. on those same days, and of course on Fridays at 4 o'clock when Cheryl joins me for two hours of Friday Live. I do pray, my brothers and sisters, you're having a blessed day, happy day, holy day. And um, I am pre-recording a little earlier today, so there's no video now. In case you're, I know we have sometimes whenever the video's not on, people get a little concerned. But uh, we do the video when we do live broadcasts, and this is kind of delayed. You know, I did a little earlier today, so I'm not live at 4 o'clock. But still here with you, and um, I hope you're staying cool on this uh, July 29th. 29th, isn't it? July 29th, my goodness. But feels like July, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. A little drier, but still hot. <laughs> anyway, so today, uh, normally on Wednesdays, you know, Holy Father uh, gives a general audience, but in July and August, he goes on hiatus from those Wednesday general audiences. So we'll have a little throwback today uh, to something uh, Pope Francis taught. Uh, about a little over, maybe close to, about a little over a year ago in, um, let's see, where was it now? I had it right in front of me. There it is, in April of 2019. Um, Coming off the synod um, uh, that had taken place uh, prior to that on youth and young people, the Holy Father gave a little teaching about young people. You know, I get, I get so concerned. I know you do, too, about our youth. <laughs> of course, you know, I look back on my own youth, and it's certainly not perfect. <laughs> Many, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, a, a little bit of a mischievous type of individual in my teens and uh, a little crazy in my 20s. Um, but the good Lord and my guardian angel especially kept me... <laughs> He's safe. Um, but I, I tell you, one thing that, that I think we did have as young people was still respect for authority in older people. I think a lot of that's disappearing right now. So I want to talk about that, but the Holy Father did give a little teaching. And then uh, we're going to go way, way back um, to uh, ninth, I'm sorry, the year 2000, the Jubilee year. And you might remember that in the Jubilee year of 2000, our Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, um, really established what he was referring to as jubilees for um, really every, 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 everybody in every walk of life. There was the jubilee of the world of entertainment, the jubilee of catechists. Every week would be something different, a homily he would give, jubilee of 
the disabled jubilee of the apostate of the laity. We probably should go back over more of these because I'm now that I'm reading the list, I'm getting very curious. But I, what I wanted to share with you today was from October of 2000, a homily that St. Pope John Paul II gave, gave for the Jubilee of Families. And again, as we talked about oh, a few programs ago, and as you know, uh, the breakdown of the family is, and Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II would say, as the family goes, so goes the culture. And as the family breaks down, we see a breakdown of society in so many ways. We're seeing that so, uh, so obviously here in our own country right now with the violence and the social unrest and, and uh, the, the anger, the hatred. Uh, so anyway, let's just look. That's what we're going to do today. So, <laughs> uh, but we, I, as always, you know, I was just in praying my, uh, my uh, prayers and uh, liturgy of the hours in, in the chapel uh, before the Blessed Sacrament in the Tabernacle. And I always ask the Lord. I tell you, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, uh, because I, I'm kind of taking most of the afternoon off today. Uh, I was a little tempted. And you see, the devil always works on me this way, to no, just put a repeat on, just put a repeat program on. And I sat before the Lord, and he right away was just firing these inspirations at me, saying, get on and do your program, and then take your little break. Uh, so anyway... That's these are my my own little personal uh, struggles here at times, uh, enormous temptations to to uh, not do the program. You know I'm too tired, all this other stuff. But the Lord, you know, He's always right there, saying, "Hey, hey, 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 get to work." <laughs> but first, we're going to pray, my friends, and um, as we've been doing, and as I'm encouraging you and so many, all of you, really, to just to pray this prayer for our country, the prayer for the United States of America that we are giving to you for free. Uh, we're happy to send them out to you uh, free of charge. We even pick up the postage. Listen, if you want to send a little something back as a thank you, that's fine. If not, don't worry about it. It's our gift to you because I think it's so important now as we now get closer and closer to our general election in November leading up to that, but especially even for the, for the get, get rid of this pandemic. I mean, we're all, uh, we've all had it up to here, and I'm holding my hand to the bottom of my chin. We've all had it up to here with this pandemic. Oh, my goodness, and the, and the havoc it is wreaking. And as I said, as I said yesterday, the devil really using it uh, as a tool to divide. And, and so we want to get rid of that. We want to get rid of all this, the social unrest and, and just get back to a, be, becoming, uh, being a peaceful country, a prosperous country, a holy country, you know, to, to get back to God. We see churches burning in this country. We see uh, statues being destroyed, uh, uh, religious statues. Um, so we, we have to, and the devil is having a heyday. And our greatest weapon, my brothers and sisters, is our prayer. And so we're encouraging people to pray this prayer uh, often and to share it with as many people as possible. And as I've been saying, you know, start these little domestic church media prayer cells and pray these prayers, pray this prayer for the U.S. Um, as family, as neighborhoods, organizations, however you, you get together, even if you have to do the Zoom thing online if you don't want to get together because of the uh, the virus. Anyway, let's pray the prayers, and um, I'll tell you then how you can get it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, 
who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of nations, of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And let's pray our prayers, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, as Holy Father Pope Francis asked us two years ago uh, to pray these prayers every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we're adding the intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And our prayer for... Uh, rather to our Blessed Mother, the beautiful Subtum Presidium prayer. The Holy Father asks us to pray, and we're praying this uh, as well. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, St. Martha, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, well, again, my friends, uh, as always, thanking you for joining me here uh, for this program and praying together. Uh, speaking of prayer, I want to remind you that this coming Monday... Uh, was, will be the first Monday in August. <laughs> August, boy, oh boy. The first Monday, and uh, as he does on the first and third Mondays of every month, uh, from 3 to 4 o'clock, our dear friend Bruce DeBacco will be here uh, throwing open the prayer tent and inviting you to call in and pray uh, for all of your urgent uh, needs, special intentions on behalf of others. Uh, and uh, Bruce looks forward to praying with you each time he comes here. And, of course, we also uh, ask you if you don't uh, aren't able to or would rather not call in, although I know Bruce really enjoys when you do call in, 
Uh, but you can still send your prayer requests to us. Um, there's a, uh, as we do the program, you know, we get the, you can text us or email us your prayer requests. So we'll get the, you know, make that, uh, those links available to you as we get up closer to the program. But anyway, so it's, it's this coming Monday at three o'clock live, Bruce DeBacco, come to the throne, uh, an hour of prayer. And oh boy, oh boy, do we need it. And again, my friends, I'm encouraging you, if you've not yet requested these free prayer for the United States of America prayer cards that we have made. Uh, they're lovely, four by six card, a little postcard size. Laminated the prayer that we just prayed here, and we pray at the top of the uh, program each time we come together for the U.S. It's a prayer that was prayed uh, in 1959 at the uh, dedication uh, of and the consecration of the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., our nation's uh, national Catholic basilica. And, of course, Our Lady, under the title of the Immaculate Conception, is the patroness of our country. And so this prayer was prayed, and I thought it was a, an appropriate prayer to put that down to pray and to invite you and everybody to pray for our country. Uh, you know, there is no evil greater than God. And... Uh, we know that God can overcome all this that we see happening in our country. You know, I, 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 I believe that the devil is having a heyday uh, because in so many ways, unfortunately, we have allowed him to have his way in our country. Satan has infiltrated many areas of our government, um, and we see that, and we see over the past couple of decades, the past couple of generations even, um, the effects that has had on our country. Can you can you remember back uh, in and maybe if you're my age and I'm I'll be 66 <laughs> in uh, in December. I don't feel it though, so I thank God for that. I don't feel like I'm 66. I remember when my dad turned 65. I thought, oh boy, dad's getting old. <laughs> but uh, I don't feel like I'm 66. So that's a good thing, I guess. Just keep keep a, a youthful spirit. Um, but do you remember back in the, you know, the 1960s? And I do remember uh, the transition. I've, I've said this often. And if you go back and look at the year 1960, I remember a little bit about that year because I was starting kindergarten. I was six years old. Uh, I remember that election, actually, uh, that presidential election between uh, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. I do remember that. I remember walking to the polling place with my mom when she was going to vote. Um, but remember the times. You know, we were just coming out of the 1950s. The, the greatest generation had returned home from the war. The country was now prospering. The, uh, we were seeing uh, um, the neighborhoods grow, you know, the, uh, and, and the population increasing, you know, the, the kind of replenishing what was lost during that Second World War, I think, you know, spiritually and physically. You know, and we had five children in our family. That was not unusual to have a family that size and even more. Um, today, you know, you have five ch children, you're, you're looked at like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a sad, sad situation. Um, but then by the end of that decade, 1969, we had gone through just an inversion, a complete turnaround of what we were and what we were then in, in the year 1969 with the, the, uh, the change in attitudes and the, the, the 
just everything. Everything just shifted. Um, but as I said earlier, you know, as, as I was growing up, not, not a perfect child by any means. I remember one time I said a bad word <laughs> on the baseball field because I made an out. And I just let one go, let the just let it fly, and uh, I guess somehow. Now this was imagine this it was on a baseball field at the park or down the street wherever it was. And when I got home, um, my mother started chasing me around the kitchen, whacking me with a dish towel, <laughs> because she heard from someone a neighbor lady must have called her, and your son just shot this. Uh, bad word out of his mouth and, and my mom you know <laughs> once I said it once it was in frustration I popped out to end the game but boy she would not put up with that and she was chasing me around with the dish towel and whacking she was great with that dish towel she could snap it and whack us and anyway things have changed our young people today in so many ways are just without without guidance and direction again I think as Holy Father St. Pope John Paul II predicted, the breakdown of the family has a lot to do with this. I, I, I told you the statistics yesterday I heard on the news that in 1960, the percentage of unwed um, births you know, um, was 5%, births outside of marriage. Last year, I think, or 2018, Forty percent of the births in this country were outside of marriage. Um, so a lot of these, so many children growing up in one-parent homes without fathers, in in most of those cases, uh, as I said yesterday, you know, I'm a, a sociologist that I saw uh, talking on the uh, one of these broadcasts saying that about ninety-nine percent. It's a uh, that percentage just is striking. Ninety-nine percent of Male prisoners came from fatherless homes. So there's something to be obviously said, and it's, the statistics bear out all this. You know, when, the, when a child is raised in a, in a two-parent home, husband and a wife, a mom and a dad, mother and father, male and female, the children far ex, ex, you know, ex, 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 uh, uh, exceed the... Uh, or excel rather in 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 school and and just in social interaction and in success you know uh, uh, later on in life, um, so obviously God knows what He's doing. Our young people today, though, are in many ways lost. In, you know, if they don't have that that foundational structure. And back in um, I'm going to go to the right the right thing here. Back in April of 2019, our Holy Father Pope Francis um, addressed as a follow-up to the uh, youth synod that took place in the October prior to that. He urged young people to approach holiness, not only with the joy and boldness of youth, but with seriousness. He was talking to adolescents and young adults, and Pope Francis said, I hope that you will be serious enough about yourself to make an effort to grow spiritually. And how many young people today do you think are really being led and guided in that way? I know I've met many, many young people 
in this work, you know, because I've been doing this for many years, for 20, for 25 years now. And in the course of those 25 years, I've always come across young people, young adults who are very, very good, holy uh, people, always seeking to uh, grow in that holiness. But they were in the minority, and we have to admit that. I think most of our young people today are without that type of... And then what happens is they they look to fill that void, right? The, the void. We all yearn for God. We are all innate in every single one of us is a, is a desire for God. We're made in his image and likeness. And if young people are not exposed to that, are not taught that, and have no clue about that type of spirituality, that void, that the desire is still there, and they're trying to fill that. They're trying to satisfy that desire, and they, they seek it in other ways, worldly ways. So Holy Father, back in 2019, said to the young people that he was addressing, I hope that you will be serious enough about yourself to make an effort to grow spiritually. Pope Francis said, along with all the other exciting things about youth, there is also the beauty of seeking righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And he said, this does not involve losing anything of your spontaneity, your boldness, your enthusiasm, and tenderness. Think about that. You know, I, I, again, I, 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 maybe the older I get, the more I, I tend to reminisce. When I think about my youth, I think about, you know, I was very blessed to grow up in a, in a fine, uh, loving home, great foundation of faith, but also, you know, exposed to the world and worldly ways. But in those days, the world really, for the most part, practiced the same basic Judeo-Christian principles that we were taught and learned in our home. I can think back now to my neighborhood growing up, and I, to this day, could tell you the name of every family in every house for maybe a block and a half. <laughs> right? You knew your neighbors. You knew their names, and they knew you. So that even though I was playing ball a block and a half away and I popped out to end the game and out of frustration, I let a foul word come out of my mouth. The hotline in the neighborhood somehow got back to my mother even before I got home. Neighbors watched out for the kids because, and, and moms and dads appreciated that because they knew their neighbors held the same values that they had. I mean, that all, all have been of the same faith. But we, we all held the same basic Judeo-Christian values. Right was right, wrong was wrong, good was good, evil was evil. And we all adhered to that. Everybody kind of practiced the same thing. Oh, had a, I had a wonderful youth growing up. Had a lot of friends, did a lot of things, you know, this time of year and on a hot July day right now. If this, if this were, 
If this were a July day in 1965, it probably would have begun with a bunch of my friends and I going, uh, getting together and throwing together some some uh, teams and playing some some ball, either in the street or up at the park. In the in the warmth and the heat of the morning, and then go back for lunch. You know, mom wanted you back to the house for lunch, and then go meet at somebody's house who had a pool and be in the pool the rest of the day. Go back to eat dinner, maybe go out. After dinner and, you know, play kickball or something or hang out, maybe you can go back in the pool. It was hot enough and, you know, the, the, the rule was come back when the street lights come on. And, and, and moms and dads weren't afraid to let their kids do that, to be out of their sight. Because the world was a safer place. And it was a safer place because everybody uh, in that uh, neighborhood practiced the same values. And watched out for each other. But today, <laughs> I was I was sharing a story with my my son um, Joseph, who has he and his lovely wife. They have the two beautiful little grandchildren, uh, Charlotte and Jack. And, and Charlotte is uh, three and a half, and Jack is one and a half. And, and as I said, you know, we're so blessed to have a, a third little grandchild on the way due in October. But anyway, they sent us a picture of the, the two little kids playing in their sandbox in the backyard. And under their back patio area, there was a wooden trellis. You know, and a lot of these, you know, if you have a porch or a patio area with space that's raised above the ground, you usually put a trellis on there to keep animals out and things. And I said to Joseph, I said, oh, there's a, an opportunity for Jack one day to saw the trellis work off. And I said that because when I was, and I'm, this is a, a true story, I was, I was maybe four, four and a half years old. <laughs> All right, so this is 1959, 19, early 1960. And I said when I was four and a half years old, my little next-door neighbor friend, his name was Robert, we were... In our house, we had a porch. Under the porch, we, there was trellis work to keep out, you know. And I guess we, we, we now, two four-and-a-half-year-olds outside playing with no adult supervision. <laughs> so I, we somehow found a saw and began to saw the trellis work off. That was kind of a running gag in my, in my uh, home uh, in, um, until the day my parents passed away. My mom would, you know, oftentimes remember that story. And Joseph was shocked, not because I saw down the, the trellis work, but, be, but because I was a four-and-a-half-year-old outside of parental guidance site. He was saying how Charlotte, the other day, who was three-and-a-half, um, asked if she could walk from the front of their house to the back of their house without them being there. She wanted to do it on her own just to be... <laughs> And they said they didn't. Take, they watched out the window. They couldn't take her eye, their eyes off of them. So times have really, really changed. Children have changed. Families have changed. The society has changed. And so, and I'm, I know I'm kind of rambling here. Maybe we'll have to continue this when we get back from break because I really want to talk more about this. But Holy Father continued and said that becoming an adult does not mean you have to abandon what is best about this stage of your lives. And, boy, what a great thing to say. You know, there's a lot about our, our as we're growing up, our youth, 
that we should retain a youthful spirit, a youthful heart. Jesus said, you know, unless you become like a little child, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. And that doesn't mean we need to be immature until the, <laughs> into our 60s and 70s. But my goodness, have that, that light spirit, that, that youthful spirit, that spirit of adventure, of boldness, of, as Holy Father said, you know, you don't lose these things in seeking wholeness, your enthusiasm, your tenderness, your desire to learn, your desire to know and love. Pope Francis said, growing older means preserving and cherishing the most precious things about our youth, but it also involves having to purify those things that are not good and receiving news, uh, new gifts from God so we can develop the things that really matter. You know, as we grow, there should be things that we retain from our youth and preserving and cherishing these things that make us who we are today as adults. And Holy Father said, but it also involves having to purify those things that are not good and receiving new gifts from God so we can develop the things that really matter in this life. And you think about as we're growing up, you know, the, you know, the good that we have, the, the qualities that are developing, I always think back that when I was, uh, look back at my, my uh, the friends that I've had along the way. You know, I can think of my first little friend when I was four or five years old. I just mentioned his name, uh, Robert. And, and then I had another little friend named Jimmy, same name, in, in my neighborhood. And then, you know, and then I had another Bobby. So Robert and Jamie, another Bobby, and my, was a good friend of mine, and Paul, and as I and of course my pal Peter, who I've known since we were nine years old, we're still best pals. Uh, you know, we, we learn in these relationships and we take things from them and, and develop them and become, as we grow uh, into adulthood, kind of uh, purify these qualities and things and, and begin to use them and understand the gifts that God has given us and use them as well. Let me take a break, though. Now, i got to go for a few minutes. Be back. We'll continue in just a bit. So don't go away. There's more to come on Come To Me. The Gospels did not start the church. The church started the Gospels. The church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the church. The church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the gospel said there was a resurrection. The gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner, the church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it, and they set it down in the Gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on Domestic Church Radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, 
but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought I'd, I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. Uh, I gave her a call and say, thinking of her and the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. While we're spending the day together. I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Do you want to end abortion? Halt the attack on traditional marriage and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul's Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. We want to invite you to pray the rosary with us. The rosary is many things, but perhaps the best way to think about the rosary is to think about it as a spiritual place, as an invisible chapel that you can enter into even in a busy time of life. Pray the Holy Rosary with Father Benedict Rochelle, mornings at 9.30, right here on Domestic Church Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hard-working people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. On this 
Feast of St. Martha, July 29th, 2020, a, a typical July day here on the East Coast. Hot and well, not as humid as it has been, but eh, it's up there. And uh, the heat, heat is strong. But before you know it, we'll be putting up the Christmas lights. <laughs> uh, what a year it has been. Hmm? Um, now, we're going to continue a little bit. I want to, Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis from 2019, because you know, on Wednesdays now he's not doing his general audiences for July and August. He comes back and starts that back up again in September. Um, and then a little bit of... of uh, Back in the year, the Jubilee year, 2000, when John Paul, every week there was a different Jubilee. But in October, October 15th to be exact, of 2000, he had the Jubilee of Families. And I think, again, you know, we, all, all that we see happening in our world today can be traced back in a, in a major way uh, to the breakdown of the family. Um, and uh, so anyway, let's get, we'll get to that in a second. A uh, couple things real quick. If, if, again, if you haven't uh, requested... The free prayer cards for the United States of America, prayer for our country, invoking the uh, Most Holy Trinity and uh, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother under the title of the Immaculate Conception uh, as our patroness here uh, in this country. Um, as I said, I had 5,000 printed up. I want to send them all out. They're free. We don't charge you. We don't even charge you for postage. Just want to get them out to you. Pray, pass them out, have your families pray. Let's trying to create this uh, domestic church media prayer cell. So we're praying hard to restore our country to the greatness uh, that it, it can be and it has been in the past and, again, will be. Um, if we, we need prayer. We need, to get, we need to, again, place our country into the hands of Almighty God and ask God to please bless America. But it depends on us as the citizens, you know. Do we want to continue to accept as norm some of these abominations that we've seen uh, in the past couple of decades, you know? So anyway, those prayers are free. The prayer cards, they're four by six little postcards, beautifully laminated, um, and we want to get them out to you. Just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. That's domestic churchmedia.org and up on the top that one of the options is prayer just scroll your cursor over the word prayer and a little drop down menu will drop down and you click on the first prayer option which is the prayer for the United States and it just all we need is your address name and address and how many you want we're not putting any limit on them um, uh, so you know just let us know what you need uh, they're free there's no charge whatsoever uh, we even pay the postage, um, and uh, we just trust that uh, you know. I, when, when this was when this was first placed on my heart a few weeks ago, the Lord assured me that we wouldn't have to worry about uh, the cost. <laughs> so I don't worry about it. I just go ahead and do it, and know that the Lord will take care. Mother Angelica taught me that many many years ago. You know, she was uh, my mentor in so many ways. Um, just to see her faithfulness, you know, something, if it, was a, if it was a divine inspiration and she said the Lord was telling her to do this, she would do it. You know, her, the network EWTN is the perfect example of having complete trust in God, the way she started that network. And, uh, you know, we can say the same thing here, that God has blessed us and been with us in so many ways throughout our existence here at Domestic Church Media. However... That doesn't mean that I still don't have to ask. <laughs> that's, 
that's part of the part of the agreement. Uh, you know, I always say if I, if if the domestic church in the beginning, I was always saying if domestic church media didn't succeed because people wouldn't support it, and I go before the Lord one day as I will, and I say, Lord, I I tried, you know, but people just weren't sending us the donations we needed to to continue. He's going to say, but did you ask them? <laughs> so. Anyway, the ask is always out there. You know that, my brothers and sisters. But I'm so grateful and thankful to all of you, especially those of you who are on a recurring monthly donation basis. That is such a big help to us to make that monthly donation. Again, whatever is within your means, whatever is comfortable for you. But when you do that and, you know, you budget in your own way, okay, you're going to donate this amount every month to domestic church media. Number one, where it helps us bring the gospel out to millions of people. Uh, your gift is tax deductible because um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, um, and it just helps us. Uh, so when you do make your donation, and if you do it online, and you can do it online from our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, you can also indicate that you would like to be be a monthly donation, whatever the amount is. And um, you even have the option of picking up the, the credit card fee, which is, I think, 2.4%. Uh, that we pay unless you decide in your donation that you'll also pay that. So pray about that. You know, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, uh, click the Donate Now button, and help us out this summer. You know, we didn't have our radiothon in the spring because of uh, COVID and the pandemic and all the disruption there. Um, we're praying that we will be able to have it in the fall, which isn't that far away, uh, because we, we do we count on that particular event, that major fundraiser every year, which we have not yet had. So um, we're, we're praying about that. We're also praying about our AM transmitter here in Trenton. We, we, we need a new one um, because of the lightning strike that we had back during that uh, Direco storm in early June. So a lot of things uh, you know, that still are on my mind that we need to do and take care of. But I know you, our, our family of listeners and viewers, God bless you all for all you do for us, especially your prayer. That really is the sustenance that we need on a regular basis, but also your financial sacrifices. So uh, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and um, uh, click on the Donate Now button. You can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation and even have the option of uh, picking up the... Uh, the credit card fee that helps us as well because you know we pay 2.4% on every credit card donation so if you can also take care of that that's great too if you can't don't worry about it um we do we do need you we do count on you and again if you're just joining me uh I did pre-record this program a little earlier today so there's no video in case you've been going to your YouTube channel or our Facebook page and saying where where's the video no video today because I did pre-record so I could take a little bit of the afternoon off uh, you know, we're not taking extended vacations this summer, so uh, as days come along and I get a little, see a little, you know, little nice weather maybe that I can get, get out in the sunshine and maybe get into the water a little bit, that, that, that's great. So anyway, um, let's go back to uh, Pope Francis, and I, I guess we won't get to the Holy Father's Jubilee message. Let me see if I, how much, eh, no, we got to, I want to finish this. And maybe we'll do the Jubilee letter. Actually, I probably should. It's, 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 this, this is um, Jubilee was 20 years ago. Um, and every week, St. Pope John Paul II, who then was just Pope John Paul II, 
had a jubilee for a different, and they're they're really beautiful to read. And so I'll start sharing some of those maybe too as we go through this uh, the remainder of this year. But anyway, let's go back to, to to Pope Francis's letter or homily, I should say, to young people from 2019, April of 2019. It was a 50-page letter addressed to all Christian young people, in particular, and to the entire people of God. And uh, the letter, he said, is meant to remind you of certain convictions born of our faith and at the same time to encourage you to grow in holiness and and in commitment to your personal vocation. According to the Holy Father, the idea of youth should not be analyzed in the abstract, but always considered as concrete young people, each with the reality of his or her own life. And it focused on the obstacles faced by young people today, such as isolation, overconsumption of the media, and addiction to drugs and pornography. And Pope Francis is very wise said, do not let the world rob you of hope and joy, or drug you into becoming a slave to their interests. Um, we know that, you know, for the past 20, 25 years, there's been, you know, with the introduction of the Internet, you know, it's hard to believe, hard to remember a world where we didn't have the Internet, right? But we didn't. <laughs> we didn't 30 years ago. There was no internet. I remember when uh, when I was in my my corporate job, you know, I started working for for FedEx back in 1984, and uh, as a initially as a uh, customer service representative, but then again, you know, entered into management and upper management. Uh, but I remember when it, it must have been the the late 1980s or early 1990s when one of our uh, executives um, said that she had a personal computer at home. <laughs> I mean, ooh, <laughs> must be nice to be a corporate executive. You get your own computer at home. And it was very unusual, you know. And I think the same individual uh, was probably one of the first executives in the company in our department to actually get a cell phone. Ooh. It's hard to remember those days, though, right, without all this technology. But since then, we've seen a generation grow up on technology and using uh, the media, the social media, as a source of information, as a source of uh, f- friendship, you know, f- to, to have, you know, how many friends do you have on Facebook? Although I understand... Young people have pretty much abandoned Facebook because the oldsters took it over. People like us. <laughs> you know, I remember going when Facebook, Facebook first came out. I, we got on it only because we wanted to see what our kids were doing. If our children didn't friend us on Facebook, they, they weren't allowed to have access to the computer. So if you're going to be on Facebook, you better friend me so I can see what you're up to. That's why we got on it. And, of course... Now we understand all the young people go on other 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 means other media like Instagram and other things. I had a TikTok, which I think is a dangerous one. The more I read about that, um, and it's just the people our age, you know, the old people <laughs> that are on Facebook. 
but we didn't have all that. And Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, in 2019, told young people, don't let these worldly things like the media and, and drugs and pornography, all these things, uh, isolation, you know. Think about I, I think about the poor children today where they're, because of the pandemic who are, have become so isolated they can't get out and play with their friends. They can't, you know, socialize. And what is this doing to us? But anyway, the Holy Father said, don't let the world rob you of hope. And don't let the world rob you of your joy or drug you into becoming a slave of their interests. Pope Francis told the young people, you need to realize one basic truth. Being young is not only about pursuing fleeting pleasures and superficial achievements. If the years of your youth are to serve their purpose in life, they must be a time of generous commitment, wholehearted dedication, and sacrifices that are difficult but ultimately fruitful. I'm going to read that again. Very important for all of us to remember, but especially our young people. This basic truth, Pope Francis said, that being young is not only about pursuing fleeting pleasures and superficial achievements. If the years of your youth are to serve their purpose in life, they must be a time of generous commitment wholehearted dedication and sacrifices that are difficult but ultimately fruitful. If you have a young person who is making or has recently made his or her confirmation, or I know a lot of the schools, the Catholic schools, require service projects, getting out and, and serving, volunteering, to make these sacrifices of your time, especially, which is so valuable to young people. A great lesson. The Holy Father also warned against isolation and lack of community. Now, remember, this is pre-COVID, talking about a year and a half ago, uh, but he warned about isolation and lack of community, which modern technology can contribute to. And he said, when we live apart from others, it's very difficult to fight against concupiscence, the snares and temptations of the devil, and the selfishness of the world. Bombarded as we are by so many enticements, we can grow too isolated. You lose our sense of reality and inner clarity and easily succumb. You think about that. Now, you know, uh, when we were growing up, and I always say we because I, I know the majority of our audience, we did the survey a couple of years ago, the majority of our audience said that they were, our listening audience uh, was between the age of uh, 50 and 70, which I fall right smack dab in the middle of that. I'm closer to 70 than I am 50. <laughs> but uh, when we were growing up, you know, there was, there were the, um, there was pornography. Right, you had a couple of magazines that were available to adults. They were usually in the back room of a convenience store or wrapped in brown paper, so they weren't exposing anything to uh, 
the customers. But today, anybody, including our young people, with any type of, of device, whether it be a phone or a tablet or a, a computer or a laptop, whatever, having access to the Internet can find anything for free. doesn't cost. Again, the devil has used the media, social media especially. And Holy Father warned against this, especially when young people become isolated and, and, and self-isolation and lacking community. And then modern technology steps in, right? And Holy Father warned, saying it's very difficult to fight against concupiscence. That is our tendency to sin, the snares and the temptations of the devil, and the selfishness of the world, to become isolated and, and completely within ourselves. The devil loves that. And our young people, especially, sadly, in the current situation uh, uh, of the pandemic, where, again, I believe the devil is using that tool, using that as a tool, I should say, uh, even uh, more, more violently against our uh, people, especially against our young people. You know, I was reading a year or two ago an article about the the purchase of pornography online and the largest consumer of pornography were boys between the ages of 11 to 16. Imagine that. The largest group of consumers of pornography online were boys between the ages of 11 and 16. What is that doing to our young boys and young men? What has it done over the course of these many years that it's been available to them? I still am, am baffled by women who consider themselves in, uh, feminists fighting for the female cause, equal rights, equal pay, and everything else that goes along with their, their uh, cause, why aren't you standing outside of these places that are making these pornographic films and videos and magazines? Why aren't you protesting them if there's any industry or organization that is um, creating this uh, uh, victimization of women and uh, um, it's it's these industries you know St Pope John St Pope Paul VI the Numani Vitae prophesied that that the contraceptive mentality would create a society that objectified women, using them for mere pleasure, men using them for pleasure. Well, what do you think the pornography industry is doing? Why aren't these feminists out there protesting that and trying to shut those industries down instead of complaining about an all-male priesthood? <laughs> I mean, come on. But Holy Father warned young people about these things. And then he, he, he 
also said, but whenever young people are united, they have a marvelous strength. Whenever you are enthused about life in common, you're capable of great sacrifices for others and for the community. Isolation, on the other hand, saps our strength and exposes us to the worst evils of our time. And then he went on to talk about what young people can do in the renewal of the church. And I know I only have about a minute left, so I, I, I hate to rush through this. But we'll leave on this, this last note. Young people can offer the church the beauty of youth by renewing her ability to rejoice with new beginnings, to give unreservedly of herself, to be renewed, and to set out for ever greater accomplishments. We need, my brothers and sisters, we need young people for that. We need young people to offer the church the beauty of youth. Now, again, everything is out of order right now, isn't it? It's just a disorder to everything. But God willing, when all of this pandemic ends and we get back to, and I don't even like using the term new normal, get back to normal. We need to do everything we can to involve our young people in the life of the church, in the life of the parish, and Holy Father Pope Francis said, by renewing her ability to, to rejoice with new beginnings, to set out for ever greater accomplishments. And we need our young people for that, my brothers and sisters. So let's pray for that as well. All right, my time is just about up. I'm going to have to head on out of here. And I want to thank you for being a part of my day. Uh, don't forget to order your free prayer for the United States of America. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, to do that. I will be back tomorrow, God willing. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Trust in me.